Welcome back, everyone. I'm Edie Schimmel, Marketing Director of National Braille Press, and today I'll be chatting with Cassell Wilson, National Braille Press's Editor and Programs Manager, and our special guest, award-winning writer, editor, and poet Deborah Kendrick. In 1986, Kendrick launched a weekly column, Alive and Well, in the Cincinnati Inquirer, the first of its kind to focus on disability rights. The column ran for 30 years in a variety of newspapers and periodicals, including NBP's own SCW. Today, we'll be talking about When Your Ears Can't Help You See, Strategies for Blind or Low Vision Individuals with Hearing Loss. Deborah, it's great to be talking with you today. Can you tell us about your new book for NBP? This comes very much from personal experience. It's pretty much, uh, unfortunately, a part of our social understanding of hearing impairment, that hearing impairment equates uh, being old, being incompetent, being low-witted, etc. And and I am a little bit ashamed uh, now after many years of dealing with it, that I originally bought into all that. Um, I started losing, well, I've been totally blind since I was five years old. And I had excessive radiation because of the retinal tumors. And I started losing my hearing. We We knew that I had lost hearing when I was 15 or 16. My hearing was tested at school and the nurse sent a note home that uh, my parents should take me to the doctor. And of course, they scoffed. It was ridiculous. I thought it was ridiculous, too, because I heard things nobody else heard. Ten years later, with my first baby, when I couldn't hear her when others could, you know, if I was out on the porch, I couldn't hear her without the baby monitor. And so I, I realized there was really something to this. So I've worn hearing aids for a long, long time. And in the beginning, I was, I had that shame that accompanies hearing loss in our society. I mean, everybody knows at least one person who doesn't hear well and either resists hearing aids or doesn't remember to wear them or doesn't want anybody to know. All of those things come together. And, and I, I did that. Um, I've always had long hair. I always made sure that my hair covered up my hearing aids and uh, just was just very self-conscious. And I don't, I, 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 there were a couple of, of pivotal moments in my life when I saw the ridiculousness of that attitude. And I have, and I've made pretty much a total shift to um, what we, those of us who have been blind for a long time, are frequently coaching those losing vision to just find out how to do things other ways. There are always workarounds. There's always another way. And once you find the other ways of doing things, losing your sight isn't such a big deal. Well, I realized that the same applies to hearing. And I, I like to think that the, the silver lining of my having lost so much hearing is that it gives me empathy uh, for people losing vision, uh, because I I think I better understand in a personal way the the stages and um, you know the, the the grieving and the anger and the and the getting it together to get on with your life. So um, now I, I guess I've become something of an of an expert on 
hearing accessories and hearing aids and how to, and again, back to the original book, how to cope with the audiologist and how to teach the audiologist to work with us to get the maximum benefit. You asked, what does the book cover? Um, mostly, I think it, it covers attitude more than anything else, just to figure out that there are other ways of doing things that you as a blind person may have always depended upon your ears to do, and that there are ways that you can maximize um, the sound that is available to you. So I talk about just social situations, how to navigate, how to pick the best seat in, in a meeting or a restaurant, um, how to set up your own home to be more, uh, to be a friendlier hearing environment. And then uh, about, there's a lot about hearing aids and different types of hearing aids and a lot about other hearing accessories and um, and about working with audiologists who have never worked with a blind person before. I don't remember if this is in the book or not, but one blind friend who wears hearing aids told me that his audiologist once said, my job is just to enable you to hear speech. Well, that is a typical um, assignment of an audiologist providing hearing aids and adjusting them for someone with normal vision. But for those of us who depend on our ears to see so much else, to see the spaces in a room with, with echolocation, when we walk into a room, we listen for where the people are gathering or where the furniture is or where the walls are walking down a hall or, you know, where the, where the doorway is as you approach a building and, and, and you want to go inside. We, we listen for what, what's around us in, in terms of animals and people and machinery and all of, all of that. Um, so a typical hearing aid program might want to shut all those things out, a lot of noisy noise as it's perceived in the environment, where we have to say to audiologists, no, no, I need to hear the traffic. I can't cross the street safely if I can't hear the traffic. So there's a lot of education that goes on. Um, and, and I hope that my book will fill a gap in that regard, that it will help readers who have combined vision and hearing loss understand their own situations better, but that it will also help them figure out how to communicate their needs better to audiologists and other professionals who are in a position to, to help them improve their, their own quality of life. Yes, you have a, a very, very robust section in the book about working with your audiologist, understanding that relationship, what it should be and what it can be, what a, a bad experience can be and what a good experience can be, and how to make sure you get the most out of that and you get your needs met. And it's a, it's a very informative section. And, and you also have a, a really detailed section about hearing aids themselves, understanding the different types that are available, understanding how to choose one that will meet your needs, and even 
understanding things that you may not have any idea of, like that this isn't a one-and-done situation. You don't just get a hearing aid and put it in, but there's this process going back, making adjustments, fine-tuning it in with your audiologist. So it's a pretty comprehensive exploration of both some of the more human interest aspects of coping with hearing loss all the way to the more technical aspects of, okay, well, what's the technology available? Uh, so I would encourage all of our readers to check it out. Even if you don't have a hearing impairment, everyone knows someone who does. I think just reading this will uh, give you a deeper understanding of that. The most tragic thing that can happen and does happen all too often, whether you're blind or not, when you lose your hearing, you isolate yourself because it becomes so difficult to hear people in conversation and you're left out. And so it just becomes easier and easier not to communicate instead of, you know, not to be in situations where you have to communicate. You know, I've known people who say that they won't talk on the telephone anymore because they can't hear. It's heartbreaking because they don't realize that there are tools to make that possible now. And unless you have absolutely no hearing, it's, all of that can be possible. And so I, I, I guess more than anything else, I hope that this bridges the gap for some people who are isolating themselves or who have loved ones who are isolating themselves. The, the one statistic that's pretty startling is um, the Helen Keller National Center says that there are 2.4 million Americans with combined sight and hearing loss. That's a lot of people. As part of the, the in introduction, um, you, you talk about uh, a quote that attributed to Helen Keller uh, that blindness separates us from things while deafness separates us from people. And, you know, whether whether it was actually Keller who said it, um, it it's so profound and it's such a concise way to think about the particular challenges um, that we attribute to blindness and deafness. And, you know, just kind of going through the introduction, it, it really does open up uh, a whole list of, you know, possibilities in a way that you know I had, hadn't really thought about before in terms of engaging my relatives who have hearing loss. I actually have relatives who are blind and have hearing loss. And it, it's just such a, such a clear way to think about it and, and gives me a little bit of a, a tool of, of the beginning of the tools to be better at engaging them. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering, uh, you know, has, has that quote really rang true for you in your life? Oh my gosh. Oh, oh yes. I, I, I think the first time that I, I came across it, I was maybe in the beginning of all this, you know, I was maybe in, in my twenties or at the very most early thirties. And it was so reassuring. It was like, oh, of course. Okay. So Helen Keller didn't have any sight or any hearing, but she, defined the difference in this way, and it's so clear, and I get it. So to your question, Edie, but yes, I very much, um, I, I think I put that quote in the book 
because I think it just spells it out so clearly, the distinctions mm -hmm. that the two disabilities. This would be a good place to also mention you do have a full chapter on getting connected and, and uh, what resources are available as well as a chapter on different ways to cover the costs of hearing aids um, because the costs currently are quite prohibitive, uh, although that will be changing with some recent legislation. But you, you talk about veterans, for instance, resources for them, um, and so on and so forth. So this book is, is very comprehensive in terms of providing follow-up directions that someone can look for more information. And that, of course, is somewhat of a moving target, but I think um, I think we did a pretty good job of getting the, the high points in there. But naturally, after you finish any project, you find out about one more thing. <laughs> so, of course, <laughs> so probably, of course, of course. Yeah. One more way to cover the cost. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I feel pretty good about the, the resource list as it stands. Deborah and Cassell, thank you so much for chatting with us today. When Your Ears Can't Help You See, Strategies for Blind or Low Vision Individuals with Hearing Loss is $18 and available at nbp.org. You can also call us at 888-965-8965 or email us at orders at nbp.org to order a copy of the book. For the most up-to-date information on all things National Braille Press, Head over to nbp.org and sign up for our e-news. Thanks for listening.